Thank you for joining the fun here at All for Animals. We're a growing podcast, so be sure to find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at All for Animals Pod or our Instagram at All for Animals Podcast. Thanks so much. We'll see you there. Hello and welcome, everybody. I am Rachel. I'm Peter. And, and this, this is, is All, All for, for Animals. animals. Alrighty, so today we are going to be talking about some of the various dog sports that you can get involved with to keep both your dog and yourself active and happy and burn off some of that extra energy, reinforce their obedience training, and just have some good old-fashioned fun. I don't know a whole lot outside of the basics of like agility and um, dock diving and um, barn hunt. Okay. So I'm curious as to what research you've uncovered and what further details you have for me. So uh, much like all of our listeners, I will be listening intently to learn a thing (laughs) or two. Well, take it away, Rachel. Thank you. So it's a good thing you mentioned agility and dock diving. Um, because I'm actually going to be talking about those two today as, as well as fly ball and tri ball. And I have barn hunt on my list for another future episode, but I'm thinking that one I might have you do some research on since you've actually had some experience with barn hunt before. Yeah, no, absolutely. Barn hut's cool. Yeah. Barn hut's interesting. So it it definitely looked but, really yeah. cool during my research, but we're gonna we're gonna do absolutely. more episodes of this. Sure. So the first sport that we're gonna dive into today is agility. And in agility, your dog follows your verbal cues, um, and they can there can also be hand signals to get through an obstacle course as quickly and accurately as possible. So this is the one that has like the poles that the dogs weave through, the big teeter totter thing, the tunnels to crawl through, all kinds of like the A frame, all kinds of nifty stuff and treats and other like lure devices so toys anything like that that your dog would be following are not allowed and the handler is not allowed to touch any of the obstacles on the course or their dog while they're uh, competing and so it is all recall and obedience so it's a really really good one for a dog that you already have like that really intense bond and trust and everything you know you can count on their their recall and just plain verbal cues for them correct me if i'm wrong unlike you know like confirmation showing Mm -hmm. agility is not breed specific or purebred specific much like barn hunt and the dock diving exactly now there is There's a couple different organizations in the U.S. that oversee agility events, and one of them is the AKC. Now, for AKC events, your dog does have to be a pure AKC-recognized breed and have those papers, Um, but there are plenty of other organizations where absolutely any breed or mix is allowed, um, and it's really easy to find those even on just, like, the AKC website and, like, the there, there's national organizations besides AKC that um, oversee them as well, and I'm going to be including those links in our show notes so that people can find those resources so that it's not just the the purebred dogs that get to have all the fun. (laughs) 
Right, right. Yeah, no, I figured that much. I mean, when we did Barn Hunt, rather briefly, of course, my mom has rescues, so we there no AKC anything on our part. Sure. But she was competing next to, you know, purebred AKC registered um, dogs. So that's why I asked. But, yeah, um, that's interesting. It's more of just a matter of, like, you know, your dog's recall level and their obedience level and has less to do with like the genetics, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Like dog to dog yeah. personality. Yeah. And I mean, the vast majority of these, um, these dog sports are going to be that way. There are certain places or organizations that will be more breed specific or purebred versus, um, you know, all breeds and mixes allowed kind of thing. But that's be- simply because not being devoted to the dog's appearance or structure means that anything goes as long as the dog is healthy and able-bodied. So it works great for literally any breed. So I like that. Right. So absolutely. Did you know how agility actually like got started as, as a thing just in general? No, I have no idea. Okay. I don't know much about agility. It's, it's great. It's so interesting. I love watching it. Um, (laughs) But as far as like the history or really like the nitty gritty, like what goes into it, it's just all right over my head. Yeah, I didn't know much about it either. Like I've watched some of the agility trials and stuff and I do think it's really cool. And I've always wanted to try and get involved in some dog sports. And after doing this research, I think I'm going to. But uh, I did find out that agility specifically started out in the UK in the late 1970s as simply a way to keep all of the audience entertained during intermissions at traditional dog shows. So it was literally almost just like a circus act to keep people entertained while uh, different events were being set up in dog show world. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So it ex- so agility came to be before any of these nationally recognized groups did and associations. Uh, yes, it. I mean, it. It's kind of m- the first really, I guess, modern recognized dog sport. Like I know that there are others from the past, like the fox hunt and things like that, that are not really done anymore. But there are variations of them that are done. Now, at least here in the U.S., things like nose work, which I'm also going to talk about uh, later on in this episode, and like sheepdog trials and things like that. But it appears that, and and I could very well be wrong, but it appears that the agility uh, it was kind of the front runner. Okay, interesting. So any breed can participate in agility, but there are some important traits within your dog to look for to tell if they're going to be an effective agility dog. And that's going to be an excellent drive. And, and that's going to be pretty pretty necessary for most any dog sport is that that drive. They're, they're going to need to mm-hmm. want to be active and, and everything. Reading and interpreting their handler's commands accurately. So that's going to go back to the obedience training, the recall. And obviously for things like agility, you're going to have to teach them some more specific commands. If your dog can't can't be counted on to uh, respond to your commands uh, all the time and very, very accurately, then they might not be the best um, fit for agility. Or it might just be something that you guys have to work on in order to get up to right. competition status i guess like that need to please yeah not even necessarily food motivation 
just like that need yeah. to please, that desire. No to food is allowed owner. on the yeah. course, so it has to be all right. verbal. And right. you want your dog to have good speed and stamina, balance and coordination, because they are going to be going through an actual obstacle course. So you want them to make as few errors as possible, and that'll get you a better score. You want them to have great hearing and vision, again, to help them navigate that obstacle course. And you want them to not be easily distracted by other dogs because there will be other dogs along the sidelines. There will be other events going on and whatnot. So you got to make sure that your dog can still focus on you if there's other stuff going around, going on around you. Right, right. Okay. Uh, there are even actually special training classes specifically for learning the ins and outs of agility or you can also just join a local dog sports club some of the national organizations that again i'm including in the show notes they'll have resources where you can find places to participate in classes events and even competitions it it seems like a pretty pretty interesting and kind of melting pot of a community where you know, you've got the people who are just like all dog sports all the time. And then you've got the ones that are just kind of there to have some fun. And that just I think that makes it seem much more welcoming and inviting for anybody who's really new to the dog sports scene, you know? Oh, I agree. Well, and the biggest thing that I hear from people that don't necessarily have a purebred animal um, or an AKC registered animal like okay for example my mom she when they did barn hunt she liked the idea that she didn't feel like our dog was necessarily like looked down upon which I don't know that purebred people really do that anyway but there's a, there's maybe some a stigma attached and she liked the fact that some were purebred some were rescues you know, and um, some were just, you know, mixes that came about through, you know, another third party. And that wasn't even, there was no, that wasn't even part of it. You know, yeah. it was just dogs. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is kind of when, you know, anyone is, anyone starts to kind of feel welcome. When there's less of an expectation for like the look or the lineage or the history of your animal and just, is your dog a good candidate for this sport specifically? Um, yeah, more accessible. No, right, exactly. More and less judgment, which I think can kind of be perceived, you know, depending on who you are, um, how you feel about, like, you know, okay, for example, I think that um, if there was this division between purebred only and non-AKC, mm -hmm competition like if there were two two different divisions of agility and you could only compete in one if you were this way or this way i think then that just creates too much competition and it kind of takes the fun out of it so i think it's a lot more lighthearted that it's just about the dog it's just about the behavior of the animal and how well the animal is trained yeah and that's absolutely. all that really matters and then getting to rub elbows with people from different parts of the dog community is always a wonderful thing right Absolutely. Networking is so fun. Oh, yeah. I don't think people understand when you have a passion for anything, really, <laughs> just making those connections yeah. and being relatable is really fun. We want to amass all the crazy dog weirdos we can. <laughs> or I guess I should say animal weirdos. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm not dog specific. I'm yeah. just bad shit animal crazy. Same. <laughs> it, doesn't kinda, it doesn't really matter what. 
Um, now, is agility something that you would ever take up? Agility specifically? Is that Absolutely. a dog sport that you... I think it looks really, really cool. And I mean, yeah. I don't think that any of my current dogs would be great agility candidates just because Magic and Miyagi are, they're really old. Magic is just about to be 13 and Miyagi's going to be 11. Magic has a bum knee and they are like Miyagi is extraordinarily food motivated, but he is way too easily distracted. He would just get so excited, not even by the other dogs, but the people, you know, we go to any place where there's dogs and people and he immediately turns into the biggest attention whore, just wandering from one person to another, demanding all the pets. And that's exactly what he would do. But, way too much stimuli yeah he's, he's just too much <laughs> yeah. of a lover he can't focus on a task he's gotta go love on everybody but um right. and logan he just he wants to play non-stop so he's got that drive but he again i don't know if he has the discipline for the obedience or the ability yeah. to stay focused <laughs> logan's just logan yeah at the end of the episode, I'm going to talk to you about which which dog sports I think I would be most interested in pursuing, sure. at okay, least good to as know. we stand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm interested to hear that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's a good little taste of agility. I think that all of our listeners, as well as myself, learned quite a bit, especially like the history. That's always fun. Yeah. I like um, knowing where things started and how they got to where they are today. It's fun. Right. All right. So our next sport is fly ball. And this is one of the only other ones that I had even really heard of. I knew about agility, fly ball, dock diving, and um, barn hunt. And that was kind of it. Um, So I don't have, again, my dogs are like broken. (laughs) They don't know that they're (laughs) dogs. So they are not toy motivated at all. So they would not be good candidates for fly ball, even though it's one of the ones that I am most excited about. I think it's just really cool, especially to watch. So it's a team hurdle race, which, and and a hurdle is like those little, almost looking like bridges or um, like, like horse jumps or something that the dogs have to jump over. So they are jumping over those hurdles down a little track to a spring-loaded pad that the the dog then, like, jumps on or presses on to release a tennis ball. They catch the tennis Mm -hmm. ball, and then they race back to their owner with the ball. And each Mm -hmm. team, so each handler will have a team consisting of four dogs who run the race in relay. So one dog does the down and back then the next dog goes and does the down and back and the first team to get all four dogs through the race without errors wins and errors are things like dropping the ball right right and this is again one so it's a retrieving sport it's yeah it's a retrieving and a a racing sport so it's kind of a little bit of yeah it's a bit of a mishmash of a couple different things so i like it because i feel like it would be a really really good sport for like the the aussies and the border collies that people get as pets and don't realize that these are like some of the most active dogs in the freaking world and now they're destroying their house because they have so much pent-up energy (laughs) right well and i like fast-paced sports yeah like 
you know, dog sports, human sports, whatever. Yeah, I like like that fast paced energy, and the racing is always like the the relays and stuff. Sure. Um, like if you've ever heard, it's called Fast Cat. I don't know if you're familiar with that dog sport. I have not. But again, it's 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 a racing sport, and it's just like the dog diving. It's really really like fast paced and intense, and the agility. So okay. Yeah, so I think that's kind of what gets me so interested in dog sports in general. It's just how fast-paced they are. You get so competitive. You get so into it. Yeah, um, I like that too. Then, you know. Yeah, but yeah, I do also have absolutely. some some less fast-paced ones to help appeal to some of the people that might have puppers like my own that are a little old, a little not so agile and uh light on their feet anymore and they are able to handle uh or i'm sorry then they're able to participate without having quite so much demanded of their semi-worn out little bodies that'll be a little bit later on in the episode but back to fly ball for this one again any breed can participate in fly ball but the only requirement really is that they must be large enough to be able to trigger that spring-loaded tennis ball on the course so extraordinarily small breeds like chihuahuas papillons they may not be ideal but um, i was gonna say could you imagine like four dachshunds yeah. competing on one team <laughs> it's like now a, a full-size dachshund might be big enough <laughs> To trigger that tennis ball, go. but the minis probably not. <laughs> the, yeah, well, and even the speed. I don't know that they would have speed mapped down either, those little sausage dogs. Yeah, those long backs <laughs> might hold them back, but you never know. So Absolutely. the traits of any good fly ball dog should be speed, agility, balance, a love of fetch, and of course, again, with the not being easily distracted by other dogs and people, because from the videos that I've looked at, at least, it looks like there's usually more than one team going at once. So they'll have like multiple tracks set up. So there's multiple teams competing all at once. So if you have a dog that's going to go, hey, squirrel, as soon as they see another dog, probably not the best. Yeah, right. (laughs) I think that with most sports, the dogs kind of have to be a not dog aggressive and be not easily distracted by other dogs because most of them, yes, it's safe to assume it's safe to assume there's going to be multiple dogs. Most of them. Absolutely. (laughs) You you are correct. However, I have included two options for dogs that are either reactive or fearful and can't handle being around other dogs, because I do think that. There should be options for every type of dog out there, and these dog sports are a fantastic way of building that bond with your dog and even helping them kind of come out of their shell if they are very timid and and anxious or even reactive, aggressive. It just helps stimulate their brain. You know, that's I mean, that's isn't that the whole exactly really the whole point and in a constructive way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very good structured way for your dog to burn some energy, have some fun, do some bonding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, my next sport is dock diving. And that one is mm-hmm. pretty self-explanatory. Dogs simply jump from a dock into some sort of body of water. So, sometimes it'll be a pool, others it's a lake or a pond, and the dogs are aiming either for the greatest height in their jump or distance. There's different variations um, depending right. upon the club that you're going to and even just the particular event. So 
For this sure. one, obviously, your dog is going to have to enjoy water and be able to swim very well, as well as being a very strong jumper and having great endurance. And they're going to need right. an extraordinary desire to fetch, which none of mine. Yes. Well, Logan has that. But not my two uh, Havanese, Magic and Miyagi. They they don't seem to understand like what toys Logan are for. Logan could dock dive. Oh yeah, he totally He's just could. Stubby. I don't think he'd get very high or far, but he he'd have fun with it. He would absolutely <laughs> you know? have a ball with it. Yeah. <laughs> no pun right. intended there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of all I really found on dock diving. It's a very simple sport, and it's kind of explained mm-hmm. right there in the name. But uh, I'm, and it's really competitive. It too. is. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people that do the dock diving. And I mean, there I know I have um, connections in the animal world to, to folks that got, you know, three or four dogs specifically for dock diving. And I'm going to let you try to guess what breed she picked. Uh, I'm going with Goldens. Close. Okay, laps. Little smaller, a little more slender. Okay, border Maybe collies. One more guess before I tell you. Yes, border collies. You're exactly right. <laughs> yeah, so she has quite the collection now, and a lot of them do the dock diving because I think that it's like me and hedgehogs. Once you get into the dog sports, you just get so wrapped up in it, and you just love it so much that you just you know you you enjoy spending a lot of time doing it, and you know um, meeting milestones and goals. So it's addictive. Why not have yeah, five dogs compete. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun little high. Yeah. So um, I have to say, I mean, I've been thinking about getting my next puppy sometime within the next couple years. And I'm thinking as soon as I do, I'm going to make some kind of dog sport a priority with the new puppy. I would like to as well. It's just, it's a very big time commitment. And maybe that'll be a later in life thing for Pete. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But most definitely, I I would like to have a miniature poodle. You know me, all white. Uh, I want a standard all white. Do you want a standard? I just like the idea of something a little smaller I could take to work with me. Um, a little bit more portable being like with the breeding, I'm flying a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, just access to take the animal on the plane with me. Um, additionally, obviously I would want to compete in grooming competition. And then I feel like a poodle's a pretty versatile dog for any sport. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely. You know, I could do agility, barn hunt, um, fast cat, all that good stuff. So, so yeah, I think that's my breed of choice, but we'll get there. We'll get I'm there. I'm pretty sure we already knew that poodles are absolutely your breed of choice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Forever they will be. Oh yeah. I'm thinking my next yeah. dog will probably be a Sheltie. I'm not sure. So don't quote oh, me yeah? on that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a wonderful thing about me. You never really know. Like, yeah. Who knows? Especially, you know, I I never know what what I'm bringing home. If I go to a breeder, you know, picking up one animal, I may come home with three. If, oh yeah. If I like the personalities and the genetics enough. You know, I might honestly be more surprised if you didn't come with more <laughs> pets than you anticipated. Right. <laughs> Well, it's it, you get this mentality. What's one more? I yeah, think I've probably got like eight or nine. What's one more hedgehogs? But anyway, off topic. Yeah, off topic. But um, yeah. So, what is the next uh, canine sport that you stumbled upon doing some research? Yes. Yeah, so the next two that I have are the ones that I was just referring to, where you actually have the option of doing these with 
those dogs that are maybe a little bit older, a little less agile, maybe they've got some arthritis and they're a little slower, or even they are the very anxious and nervous dogs, or even reactive and somewhat aggressive with other dogs because other dogs are not required for these two. So the first one is nose or scent work. It's it's known by each each of those names. Um, and this one, okay. this is the one that I was kind of mentioning is a little bit of a derivative of the fox hunt since, you know, it's okay. it's quite cruel to just sick a herd of beagles onto a fox. Uh, so people don't really do that anymore. We instead right. train dogs to recognize a specific scent. And that's usually apparently a mixture of clove, birch, and anise essential oils. And then mm. there's a preset like arena, basically, that the dog is set loose in. And neither the dog nor the handler know where that little scent bundle has been hidden. And it's the dog's job to find it, then alert their handler that they've found it, and then go back to the judge within a set amount of time. And so similar concept to Fox Hunt, but it's actually only been officially around since 2006. So it's a really new. Oh, fresh. Yeah, it's a sure. really new idea, I guess, for as far as like the organizations go. Right. So, so this sport is a bit more relaxed and less active. So your dog can kind sure. of take their time. And if you do happen to have a more nervous anxious or even reactive dog there will be no other dogs like on the sideline or anything uh it's just you and your dog so it's a really good way to build that confidence in the timid dogs and also help just get a more timid or reactive dog to kind of focus that nervous energy on something productive and positive which is always a good thing. Get them out of their shell and let their guard down a little bit. Right. Absolutely. And the best thing about nose work is that you don't have to even join one of the local organizations or anything in order to practice it. It can literally be practiced anywhere your dog can go, which makes it completely accessible for absolutely anyone interested in it. You want to start introducing your dog to nose work. You can start in your own apartment, your own house, your own backyard, wherever you like. You can just train them to recognize a certain scent, whatever it is, and start hiding that around your house. Hide it around your backyard. Go to your friend's houses. Go to the dog park, whatever. And then you've already started working on that foundation and then if you decided you wanted to uh, work in some competition you can start dipping your toe in there at your local uh, dog sports club it, it's right. really like right. the options are li- unlimited with something like nose work right yeah no that's i think that's it's good to have like, especially like nervous pets right so you start absolutely and get them familiar in the home and then you know obviously they're still a timid little thing well they still have that familiarity of what they're doing in the home yeah kind of passing over into the arena and of course that similar scent absolutely so, um that might be something i have to recommend to my clients when they have questions about their nervous puppy kind of breaking them out of their shell yeah um and something that's less competitive so it's less pressure on the animal absolutely um yeah, I think that, and, and obviously some dogs like the competition, right? But sure. But I think that this is a sport that's more geared towards 
older dogs. It's and more dogs so for like the mental stimulation of it and sure. kind of sure. like just building confidence and being a little bit just like uh, not necessarily. It's not a competition. It's more yeah. of a for fun thing. I mean, it can yeah. be a competition if you so choose, but it can also just be a sure. totally relaxed. We're just looking for a change of scenery type of thing. Which gives you a lot more, yeah, versatility. Yeah, right. Okay, so the last sport that I have on here is tri-ball. And it is a fantastic sport for herding dogs in particular. It is low impact and it has a complete lack of expensive equipment needed for practice. And that makes it a great option, again, for anyone looking to try out dog sports, but with less of a budget, less of a time uh, commitment to allow for it. Hang on, I've got Logan over here tap dancing around me. Go sit down, buddy. Aw, Logan. <laughs> He's found his... his uh, supervisor he's yeah he's he's too sweet i love logan he's so goofy he's decided he's my my recording supervisor now and every now and then he has to get up and stretch his legs and find one of his little toys and make a ton of noise (laughs) sure sure so anyway (laughs) um let's see here so it's it's low impact and Lack of expensive needed, uh, blah, blah. lack of expensive equipment needed for practice makes it a fantastic option for anyone looking to try out dog sports, but with less of that budget or time commitment available. And the handler or owner will direct the dog from afar to essentially herd a set of exercise balls, or at least that's what they looked like to me, into a goal while they're being timed. And there's different variations to the game. Like there'll be different numbers of, of the big exercise balls and then different amounts of time allowed, size of the playing field and stuff like that. And I just thought this was really cool, especially because, I mean, like I said, I think my next dog is going to be a Sheltie. I grew up with a Sheltie Collie mix and I love herding dogs in particular. They just have a very... And Shelties are like such a slept on breed. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. I like, uh, they stand out to me. I've got one. He's a double Merle, actually, poor guy. And he is just the best dog. He's got the best owner. Yeah. Um, I see see him once a month. And I tell you what, and I tell the owner this too. I say, you know, for a blind deaf dog, he knows the routine and he is better behaved for me than some of my other able-bodied yeah (laughs) that's fantastic um yeah one of my favorite dogs to see on my schedule is also a sheltie his name is Jax, and thankfully he's a a pretty healthy little dude but oh my gosh he's he's so sweet and so loving and he's also a once a month type of dog and does really well for the whole routine his his least favorite part is anytime i'm not touching him so he gets sad if i'm not running the brush over him if i if if i reach for a brush or if i reach for my phone or i have to text a client he'll start he'll start yelling at me yeah fucker this is our time mom's paying for it better (laughs) fucking brush me (laughs) anyway anyway uh get off topic but um yeah um, so tribal is one of the lesser popular dog sports i guess simply because it's still 
pretty new to the dog sporting community and I guess is just a little bit lesser known. And it's only been around since 2009. So it's even younger than Flyball that we were talking about um, earlier. And it's another great option for nervous or reactive dogs since only one handler dog team are allowed to compete at a time. So your pup won't be dodging other dogs or being distracted by them on the sidelines or anything like that. And I have a quote here from professional dog trainer Diana Stearns, who is also the president of the American Tribal Association, or the ATA. And she believes that Tribal is a fantastic way to have fun and strengthen the bond you have with your dog. And she says, what I love most about Tribal is the process of watching the dog and owner work through the process. Since dogs can't talk, it's like in cartoons where the light bulb goes on when the character has an idea. When you see them get it, they really get it. After that, you can't stop them from pushing the ball. I just thought that was so cute. Like she's illustrating how it's even addictive for the dogs themselves, not just us humans. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So those are all of the sports that I had um, lined out for today. But now I have a few just kind of notes, I guess, about starting to work with your dog in any kind of sport or even just like training period. And that is like, so I know that most people's first question is, how can I work on training my dog? And my answer to that is always positive reinforcement. The best way to get your dog to do what you actually want them to do is to show them that you want them to do it. And the best way to do that is to give them something positive. So if your dog is very food driven, give them a high value treat, give them you know, peanut butter, those like liver treats, something that smells really strong and they're going to get real excited about it. If they're more play driven, have a favorite toy ready to give them a fun little session with that toy, playing with that for a few minutes when they get something right. Or if they're more attention driven, like Mr. Miyagi over here, then you can just throw them a parade, give them all the lovins and pets and scritchies behind the ear every time you are wanting to reward them. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, more often than not, even, you know, with obviously with grooming comes training, you know, this Rachel, Um, you know, getting, I was just at my vet yesterday and, um, you know, she pushes her client's the same thing. Don't wait till your dog's five months old. It does. Well, it doesn't need a haircut. Well, no, 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 no. You want them to go to the groomer when yes. they don't need a full haircut and they can learn the table and that we're not doing a full intense haircut. Don't wait until your dog's completely matted and it's a painful experience when they're an adult. It's about that um, exposure, this, that positive It's about the exposure. Yeah. And as you, I think you know this, Rachel. I don't offer treats at my business. It makes me nervous. If the treats are provided by the pet parent, great. I'll use them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what your pet's allergic to and I don't want to find out the wrong way. Um, a majority of my dogs, a huge majority of my dogs, even the more soft-spoken ones, I can reward their behavior by petting them and telling them good job. Oh, sure. Every dog wants to hear that they're a good girl or a good boy. I mean, seriously. So yeah, that positive reinforcement, perfect for everything. Just from routine commands and behavior all the way to um, working your dog into sports and competition. Absolutely. It's, It's like that whole carrot or stick argument. The carrot is always going to be the best way to 
get your dog to just want to do whatever it is that you want them to do because they want to make you happy. Right. All they right. have this need to please. Yes, exactly. So then I was just kind of wondering, did any of these particular sports that we talked about today tickle your fancy at all? Because I know which ones I'm um, leaning towards. Well, so I learned a lot. Sure. Um, obviously, I hadn't even heard of uh, tri-ball. Mm-hmm. I have not even heard of it. Well, and you said it was newer yeah. um, and kind of up and coming. I've always been partial to the dock diving agility and barn hunts okay it's a little too slow paced for me personally it is small animal involved <laughs> obviously yep. there's rats um but like fast cat is another thing that i'd be more interested in um if i ever have the time to settle on a dog sport um it would probably for me would would lean into agility or dock diving i just think dock diving is the most badass thing out there awesome. <laughs> it's really <laughs> You know, and I can watch YouTube videos and I can watch these Facebook videos and it's just as entertaining as if, if it were in person. So yeah. I can't even imagine how, how, how into it I would get if it were my own dog competing and not oh, sure. just a friend's dog or a colleague's dog. So, Absolutely. Um, we even have you? a, a dog diving club here in, in my town. We do too. It's really yeah. popular. And it's everywhere. <laughs> it's very popular here. Yes. Yes. So now what about you? Obviously you think agility. Yeah. I like the idea of like agility. Get involved with. But I think honestly, I'd probably lean more toward tri-ball just because mm. I, I guess mostly because the herding dogs kind of have my heart. Like even the Havanese. Sure. They were originally herding and circus dogs. They would herd chickens and they would be trained to perform tricks for circuses because of how unbelievably eager to please they are. So I I didn't even like think about it at the time, but I still managed to stick with my <laughs> herding dog preference even when I got the Havanese, which most people don't tend to associate with herding. And so I don't know. I just... I think it seems extra whimsical, too, because you've got this dog just kind of like nosing around these big old yoga balls or something. It just seems adorable, whimsically entertaining. Right. So I think that's probably what I would lean towards. That's a good way to put it, where there's like no pressure. It's just kind of like laxed and run around and sniff around. Yeah, Yeah. it'd, it'd be cute. Well, and see, you know, too, that (laughs) my dogs are the laziest little bums in the whole wide world. They sleep like 20 hours a day. So I think that probably like influences my thinking on it right now, since the more relaxed and just kind of cute and fun atmosphere is just how things are with my current pups. But maybe when I get my next puppy, it'll be a little bit different. (laughs) Who knows? Well, and that's the beauty of game versatility. It doesn't really matter. It's more about the person you have, personality of the animal you get, right? Absolutely. So that'll kind of sculpt, A, your ability to pick and choose what sport you want to do. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's really up to the dog, right? So Absolutely. Now, in regards to our listeners here, um, if any of you guys have ever competed in any sport that we have touched on today or not mm-hmm. um i know it's something that really piques my interest rachel's interest as well as like a lot of the members of the general public so do write us in a story of either your experience or maybe some fun facts or even tips you know about Absolutely. getting started yeah um, we'd love to I hear it i think that it's a very very complex topic dog sports 
Um, and this won't be the only episode we do. Oh, definitely um, so not. So <laughs> if any of you guys have more insight, you know, me and Rachel have very surface level uh, involvement in the uh, canine sport world. So if, if any of you guys out there listening have a little bit more knowledge um, or, you know, enough to create a story or an episode for us, please do write in. And Rachel, go ahead and provide the people with our email. Absolutely. Our email is allforanimalspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook at All for Animals Pod, And we are All for Animals Podcast on Instagram. And I was going to mention too, just think about your pup's specific interests. Like Peter's said a couple times, it's all about your individual dog. See if you'd like to try any of these sports out. Local dog clubs are a fantastic resource for learning and even just observing some of the classes if you're just trying to get a feel for it. And the AK and the AKC website also has some great information to find those clubs as well as competitions and events. And I'm going to be including some links so that everybody can check those out. And you can even find local clubs, trainers, events, all kinds of resources. Wonderful. Yeah, it's definitely something to give a crack at for sure. I think everyone should just give it a try. Yeah. And again, it's like it's a good way to make human friends too. Oh yeah. Opinion because you there's already you know if you're interested in the same dog sport someone else is, well there's a common interest that could spark a friendship. There's so much community. uh, (laughs) Absolutely. And nevertheless, we always appreciate everyone tuning in, listening, writing us, and kind of keeping the podcast up and moving and thriving. So yeah. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And until next time, pet people. All right. See you guys next week. 